would love to hear your thoughts throughout the morning on this. So Dave Rennie's the man you referenced there, Beeve. Yep. And, you know, listening to people like yourself and, and those that have been coached by him, been around him, a, a man that seems to hold significant mana. When he was announced as Wallaby's coach, you know, I feel like in times like these, you got to really look back and, and remember what we were saying then because – we were given Dave Rennie, and the Australian media was given Dave Rennie pretty much as good a chance as anyone to be able to get the most out of the Wallabies side, but they turn. He was he was the only one that I thought they could go to. He, What Dave Rennie is, is he's probably tactically, technically as good as a Wayne Smith, but he's also got this ability to mould people and be at a level. He was a publican. So he's he's your man next door. Mm. He's he's the guy that you could go and have a beer with. He plays the guitar. He's he is he is all encompassing. He is the complete package as a rugby coach for me. He he's without peer in my career as far as where I'd hold him. And as you say, we look back three years, and I thought that was genius. I remember talking to a couple of the Aussie greats at the Japan World Cup when it had all gone tits up for Aussie again. And they're like, oh, there's a bit of talk around, we're going to get Rennie, we're going to get Rennie. I said, you've got to get Rennie. I said, it's your only hope. And uh, and sure enough, you know, I don't think it was on my recommendation, but a couple of months later, it was, <laughs> it was well known that he had the job. And then, as you say, they've turned on him. And I mean, you go over the history of Kiwi coaches over there. If you're a Kiwi coach who has a career in front of him, you wouldn't go anywhere near Australia. So I was terrified that Razor was going to end up there. Yeah, well, exactly. And when you look at it, Robbie Deans went there as the most successful Super Rugby coach, highly respected, uh, had had already had times in the All Blacks. And if it wasn't for um, that semi final against Australia with Mitch, then they would have probably been rolled over another campaign. Uh, that didn't happen, so Robbie goes and be successful again for Crusaders, then takes the Aussie job. He lasts a few years, and then the political beasts within Australian rugby get rid of him. Again, by that stage, the cattle, was, it's not at its lowest, but it's starting to wane. Rob Penny is an interesting one for me. Rob Penny, I've, I've never been coached by him, met him a fair few times socially and, and around the traps, lovely guy. But his record would be without peer in NPC land here. Widely probably thought of as New Zealand's best coach never to be given a New Zealand super rugby job. Mm-hmm. He goes over there to a Waratahs team that is an absolute rebel and have players that you wouldn't want in your local club team playing out here for Ponsonby. And he gets the political archer and, you know, again... It's, I think Kiwis are an easy hit there in Australia. Then they go and get Dave Rennie, who, as I've said, you know, in my opinion, you know, counts for nothing, but my opinion is the best I've had, and I've had some decent ones. And he clearly has been done over again politically. Like, that's not saying, like, Eddie Jones, I see why they've gone this. I really do. But it just shows if you're a Kiwi going over there, you are on a hiding to nothing because there is so much more at play and they look like 
Australian rugby looks like they're prepared. They're not actually prepared to confront their own issues. The hierarchy, like, why aren't you producing a Larkham anymore? Why isn't there no Sterling Mortlocks coming through a Joe Roth, a George Gregan? You've got to look at your pathways. Like, I always thought the All Blacks this year. Yep, we haven't had a great year, but never once did you think oh, we just don't have the players anymore. No, no, that wasn't the issue. That was never the issue. You because you looked at these guys individually and know. But if it all clicks, I mean, that's why I've got money on them to win the World Cup <laughs> because I was that confident looking at this group. They're still, in my opinion, when they get gone, they'll be as good as anyone in the world. If you've looked at Australia over the last seven years, like the fact that they stand on a corner and yell out, can anyone play 10 for our Wallabies this week? Like, and they keep having to go back to your Quade Coopers and Bernard Foley's great players in their time, but they haven't had a first five of their own making for a long, long time. Yeah, there's, there's different issues there. There's the first five situation. There's the health issue that they have been crippled by injuries yep. for the better part of 18 months. Yep. But remember only, oh, I reckon only three months ago. We, so they've got the World Cup after, or they are... After the States. Yep. Yep. After the States. And they want it to be like the homecoming of rugby in Australia, like yes. rugby's coming home. Yep. And they want to invest. They want to poach NRL players. They want to try and reprogram those pathways. But you can't help but feel the horse is bolted. Oh, exactly. And and I'd go back as far to say probably 217. Couple of years, those last couple of years of Checker's career, like that 219 World Cup was a shambles. Yeah. Like big. an absolute shambles. So, I mean, it's all going well. I know they've got that very brash CEO now and he's he's looking to keep Australian rugby relevant. But what are you doing to actually produce decent footballers? Like they cry, they cry a river that they lost Angus Crichton. Or, or Sawali. Yep. Seriously, put Angus Crichton in a rugby jersey. Is he really going to be the difference between where your Wallabies sit right now? He would be a hard running 12. So, you know, the, and, and yeah, you know, the, yes. the, the proof will be in the pudding. Yeah, you're right. Like the proof will be in the pudding. Like, is Matt B- Burden the other one, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's like. Or, 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 or Kalimponga. Or yeah, Kalimponga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Are they? Is that going to be the difference? No. In changing the legacy and changing a generation? No. No. One player's not. Like Suwali's the obvious one that they're going to throw the absolute kitchen to try and get the war chest. And Eddie Jones is a rugby league fan, and you can see him doing it because you know he had a history. He brought over Sailor to Kerry Rogers, you know. And and to be fair, three they went pretty good. Those three. And they made an impact. Matt Rogers has been probably the only league that's been able to come across and be a playmaker. But they've still they've still got such big issues as far as like I mean, if you went through the current group of Australian rugby players and then go back over our lifetimes, which is obviously younger than some of our listeners and older than some of our listeners. So let's say the last thirty years, only Corabetti, Karevi and Hooper at the top of their games would warrant a touring spot in the Great Wallaby teams of the last 30 years. And that's, like, I mean, if you talked about the All Blacks, same situation, haven't had a great year, but I tell you what, I could instantly read off probably half a dozen, if not more, that would be going on a an end-of-year tour with any one of the All Black sides over the last 30, 40 years, you know? So that's just where they sit. And unfortunately, Australian rugby bosses or whoever's in charge there is desperately trying to hang on to their relevance. Like we can't believe that we don't win every test match anymore 
they can't believe that they're not relevant at the top table. <laughs> yeah, got you, Beef. 22 minutes past six. That's a rip of text here. Double eight, double three coming through already. Uh, before we shoot off, I'll leave you with this. Can't wait question of the day. We're going to chat with David Campisi Campo a little bit later on. Now, another great of Australian rugby, Tim Horan. He had his take, and I will sum it up for you. It has been positive, the feedback to this move, I think. I think Australia gets it. I think it's a Hail Mary. I think it's a swing. Mm. But I think that they can stomach it. I think that they think that this sort of 18-month eddy, rip, put a Band-Aid on and see how deep we can go into this World Cup is worth the risk. And Tim Horan, though, has given some KPIs. And I want to ask you, on double eight, double three, and you, Beef, and you on 0800 is Tim Horan out of his mind here? He says they need a Bledisloe Cup within two years, a Rugby World Cup semi-final, and a Lions Series win to justify the decision. A Lions Series win, a Rugby World Cup semi-final, and a bled within two years. Have a ponder on that. Tell me if it's possible, and let us know what you think. Here with Kim as we ask, great savings every day. It's 23 minutes past six.